How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio once again for an episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Today is uh, April 6, 2021. Um, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined once again on this Tuesday by Ben Goritz. Ben, say what's up to everybody. Dang, you froze as you were saying what's up to us, but we're glad to have you in the house today, Ben. we got lots of good stuff for you all today. Obviously, last night was the huge game, College Basketball National Championship. The game definitely did not go as I expected, that's for damn sure. Um, ben, first off, what did you end up taking in the game last night, and what do you? why do you think what happened last night happened? So, I was on Baylor on the spread. Uh, I was on the right side of the game. I was in a Baylor household that kind of swayed me. I was oh, going God. back and forth all day. I texted a couple people about the game, but ended up on Baylor. Good thing you didn't tell um, me Yeah. Uh, did I expect that to happen? No. I mean, I'm not really shocked that Baylor won the game. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. should be. Like, they're a really good team, obviously. Um, it shocked me that it wasn't really close at any point. I mean, they got off to a hot start. Offensive rebounding was unbelievable vital was amazing and they just didn't miss i mean i, I think they were shooting 60 percent at halftime something around there didn't miss for the whole game they looked incredible yeah um baylor that was unbelievable you know you, you come out the gates you're instantly down nine nothing if you're gonzaga you know that's it's going to be pretty darn hard to come back from. Um, to go on top of that, you know, Baylor could not miss from three-point range, kind of like you said. I think that they ended up going uh, 10 for 23 from three. Gonzaga was five for 17. Um, I thought Kispert never really had it last night. Gonzaga looked like they were kind of, you know, emotionally tired and worn out from that crazy game against UCLA. Um, it, also, too, I felt like that all the big guys for Baylor kind of took turns. It was like Macy O.T. couldn't miss in the first half, and then – for Gonzaga to only be down by 10, you're like, okay, they're in the game. And then all of a sudden they come out in the second half and Jared Butler can't miss all of a sudden. You know, I felt like that Jared Butler is supposed to be the leader of the team all season long, but I felt like Davion Mitchell had kind of taken that spot. He was six for 15 last night, still had five assists, but I felt like that Butler really took over that game for him. He had seven assists. Also, he had four threes and 22 points. I mean, he absolutely balled out. At the end of the day, though, it was kind of like you said, those big men, they battled and battled and battled. They used all their fouls, ended up using them the right way, and they just out-muscled Gonzaga and beat them up. And, well, baby, Butler won MVP, so uh, pretty deserving to say right there. Yeah. But, I mean, it, Timmy – they uh, Baylor did a really good job on Timmy. He never got comfortable on the block. Mm-hmm. He was catching the ball towards the top of the key, and uh, – kind of, uh, you know, outside the paint trying to dribble and they were stealing it every single time. Yeah, no, Timmy definitely didn't look comfortable. I mean, there's those plays where he was getting those offensive fouls. There's also plays where he was, you know, drawing fouls down there. They didn't let anything be easy for Timmy, honestly. You know, they pushed him around. They said, we got five fouls, you know, we're not going to let you get your position. You're going to have to battle for it. I thought the refs did a pretty decent job throughout the whole game, you know, of kind of letting the teams play and be physical. I thought everything was pretty even both ways, but Honestly, though, you know, Ben, I hate that I didn't go with what I said, but I said, you know, Baylor got knocked out of the tournament, out of the Big 12 tournament early. You know, everybody was saying that they weren't the same team ever since the COVID shutdown. They're saying that they're overrated. They're pissed off there wasn't a tournament last year, and they used everything to motivate themselves, and they rolled in that game. I mean, Gonzaga Gonzaga got absolutely smacked. I think um, the real question, Ben, is – 
is Gonzaga ever going to win a national championship? That feels like that was their best chance they're ever going to have. Um, I, I mean, you know, you and I talked about this. I, I said that's probably the best team he's ever going to coach. Um, I know that he just – he got another five-star to commit, mm-hmm. and there's another one that it hasn't decided yet, but I think Gonzaga's got the crystal ball. It, I mean, at this point, it's his thing until he, until he, until he uh, proves it wrong. You know, it's it's something that's attached to him. He knows it. He, but here's the thing: like in interviews, and I think I mentioned this earlier. He he doesn't talk like he just like wants to dominate. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just like I, I don't know. He doesn't have like a feisty attitude, and you know what? His team wasn't ready to play from the start of the jump yesterday. No, I agree with you 100% on that one, Ben. They did not look ready at all. Um, it looked like he finally figured out Baylor a little bit, but Scott Drew had another thing for him once again. Um, you know, I, I was really shocked on how that game played out. I really thought Gonzaga was going to come out there, win the game. I figured they'd win. I thought it'd be a competitive game, but I thought they'd end up winning the game by about 10 points. Um, I didn't really factor in, you know, the fact of, that was probably the closest game. I mean, that was really the closest game, the biggest game they played in all season long. I just felt like this Gonzaga team, you know, the way that they handled Virginia, Iowa, um, Kansas, you know, they blew all those teams out of the water and those games were never even competitive or close. I just felt like Gonzaga could kind of do that again. Jalen Suggs is really the only player who showed up and played hard from Gonzaga. But, you know, honestly, I I, the, I hate the fact that March Madness works like this because I'd love to see what happened if these teams played, you know, like a three or five game series, but it's just the way it goes in March Madness. Yeah. I mean, it goes by pretty quick for how for how thrilling it is, uh, the tournament. But I, I think Jalen Suggs is in contention for the number one pick. I agree. I, I don't think it's a landslide uh, as much as it was in the beginning of the season. With Candy Cunningham, I mean, in all season long, he was playing well enough. You're like, okay, this kid is as good as people have said. Yeah. Suggs was an unbelievable prospect out of high school and would have been drafted if you can go. But definitely improved his draft stock um, by going to college. Yeah. I mean, also, too, you know, I feel like that this tournament and everything that I feel like it'll definitely change the mind of a lot of these guys who, you know, skip the NBA draft. Yeah, you, you did go make 500K playing in the G League, you know what I mean, like Jonathan Kamanga and Jalen Green. But at the same time, I guarantee – I wouldn't be shocked because, you know, these guys for damn sure are – none of these guys are going to participate in the uh, in the combine. You know, I feel like that Suggs, Kamanga um, – I'm trying to think – Suggs, Kamanga, um, Cade Cunningham – um, Evan Mobley, uh, Jalen Green, all these guys, you know, they feel like they've proven themselves enough that they don't need to go to the combine. So, you know, everybody's going to go based off what they saw in March. They saw Mobley ball out. They saw Cade Cunningham ball out. You know, they saw um, Jalen Suggs play his best basketball in the biggest games of the season. You know, I feel like that based off of what all these people saw, these kids are going to be drafted one, two, and three above these guys. I haven't watched Green and Kamaga play that much. I know they're ranked higher than all of them, so they're supposed to be better, but. You know, I feel like that it really can change the opinion of a lot of these guys who skip the NBA draft or I mean, you skip the uh, college basketball. I will say the level of competition um, isn't an advantage or a disadvantage. I think on either side yeah. is going to the G League, you're playing great talent. When you go to mm-hmm. big name schools, you're playing great talent. 
Um, but I agree with you. I think seeing what kids do in the national spotlight, um, you know, TV, millions of people watching. I don't know if are the G League games like broadcasted or are they in front of fans that um no, they did a G League bubble, but they're showing the games at like eleven thirty like AM on fans? ESPN two. No, there's no fans for the bubble. Right. So I mean it's just a different atmosphere. College really wasn't that many fans. Um, you know, as the season went on, got, uh, mm-hmm. fans were allowed and everything, but I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll see. I, Cade Cunningham proved he was unbelievable in college and just as good as people thought he would be. Jalen Suggs proved that he was what he, what we thought he was or what experts thought he was and even more. Mm-hmm. Mobley was shined. Um, he was terrific. Even, even beating up a Kansas team. I know that they weren't fully healthy. Yeah. It's going to speak volumes though. No, absolutely. And that's what people are going to remember when they look back on the tournament. You know, USC dominated three games in a row when they played the tournament. I think that's what everybody's going to look back on and those things for those players. Like even Davion Mitchell, I guarantee you before, before this even happened yesterday, I was looking at mock drafts from about two weeks ago and Davion Mitchell was projected to go like 24th. Last night I was looking at mock drafts again at halftime. He's projected to go top 10. You know what I mean? Like he's flooded up the draft board that much. I really feel like that it's going to affect these players, you know, it's going to definitely affect a lot of perspective for these players and everything going ahead. Um, I still think there's going to be kids that are going to keep going the G league route, but hopefully, you know, it keeps more guys in college basketball. I think it's way more fun when everything works out that way. Um, so I will say every, every uh, kid's um, background is different. Um, you know, if you're going to go to the league anyway, and you might, and you may need some money now to help out family and, and everything, yeah. then sure. It makes sense. Um, but that's not going to be the case for all the top talent. So it's, it is nice to have a mix, but just real quick on Mitchell, just the change of pace, the the quickness, his first step, like that is ridiculous in the NBA. I mean, he as a very, I think he's going to shine on teams now because it's such pace in space now, like one-on-one he's so quick off the dribble. No, I agree with you completely on that, Ben. He really, you know what? It's kind of funny because we tried for so long to figure out if he's related to Donovan Mitchell or not. That's exactly what he reminds me of. Yeah, with the defense. I mean, he wears his shoes. He wears the same number. I mean, he plays the same way on offense for how he can pass the ball and score as well. Like, they're literally the exact same player. Um, Anyway, let's move now to a little football. So, it's been rumored that our Falcons – are we're in on Kyle Pitts now is rumored today that they're trying to trade their draft pick. Um, ultimately, Ben, what do you think the Falcons should do with this draft pick and why? I know that it's not what the team needs, but I would still go Kyle Pitts. Um, if you don't want the offensive player, then I would rather trade back to get more picks, to get more mm-hmm. defensive players. But it's not like, like I mean, the Falcons have how many picks after this fourth one? Probably five more. Um, yeah. So, just because you pick Pitts, like there's there's plenty of good defenders. You just gotta scout them a little bit more. If they're not the top top talent, I think I, I know that it's not the route to win, but eventually, when you get a new quarterback, because I do mm-hmm. think it's. I, I would say it's probably after this year because I think they're going to draft one late, late and try and develop them. 
He's 36. Yeah. I mean, you got to start thinking about it. No, I, I think just... if you, I think if you have the wide receivers mm-hmm. of Pitts and even though he's tight end, Pitts and Ridley, obviously Julio, but I don't know how much longer he's going to be there. Like, that you don't, you're not starting completely over on offense. Yeah, and you're just trying to keep developing on defense. And I think with the rest of the picks, you go defense, and I think it's a just fine draft. Pitts is just such a talent. It seems like. See, I definitely agree with you with the talent of Pitts and everything. It's undeniable. I personally think, though, for where this team stands at this point in time, I feel like we have to trade back. Um, I just feel like that we we need the extra picks. I mean, we're going to need a running back. I mean, we our running backs are so bad. Last year, we're definitely need a running back. I don't – I got conf- Mike Davis. Yeah, but, I mean, Mike Davis and their children, the, like – 80% of your offensive load is not going to cut it. You know, I feel like if we're with Matt Ryan, we have to kind of be in a win now situation. Um, Arthur Smith's offense, you know, kind of centers around that workhorse running back. So yeah, I'd love to go out and get one of the top three, four running backs in the draft, you know, with our second round pick and, you know, by trading, trading back in the draft, you're going to acquire a future first round pick and another second round pick. So, you know, you can get a defensive player. I think that, Look, I think Kyle Pitts would be really good, but I also think back to the days when we had Austin Hooper, you know, I feel like it's pretty hard for us to do much better than when we had Austin Hooper in there on offense. So I think that we need to go defensive here and get somebody in the secondary because, I mean, we lost our entire seat, all our safeties pretty much. I feel like we need secondary help like Patrick um, Sertain from Alabama or Gregory Rousseau from uh, from Miami, the defensive end. I feel like those put the Falcons in the best situations. I mean, we our pass rush has been pathetic. I feel like we got to go out and address it with one of our top picks. I, and I don't disagree with anything you said. It would make sense to do that. I just wouldn't hate Pitts. No, I, I can definitely agree with you on that. I mean, if we draft Kyle Pitts – it's kind of like when we drafted Calvin Ridley, you know what I mean? I thought we had other needs, but at the same time, you got a really good offensive player to build your team around in the future. So you can never be mad about that. You know, like I, I, I think Pitts is going to be a top five tight end in the NFL. Like I think he's like that Gronk Kelsey Kittle type tight end. I just don't know if that's what our team needs most, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, what do you think we're, what do you think we will end up doing on draft night? Trade back. I, 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 I think I hope that's I right. Think they're, I, I think they're they're going to be conservative. No, see, I like that idea. I feel like you got to give Matt it's Ryan. Play. I got nothing to hate about it. I just mm, Pitts is so shiny. He's so shiny. No, he. De- I mean, hey, he definitely is. You know, it's like, why are we going to buy the you know like the the Camry that's going to get you all the gas mileage, or are <laughs> we going to go out and buy the Rolls Royce? You know what I mean? That's exactly kind of what it is. Like. Which one are you going to go with? So it's going to be a definitely interesting decision. What do you think about uh, about the quarterbacks wise? Do you think have you seen Mac Jones flying up the board? Do you think he's going to go there in that three spot, or you think that's just blowing I mean, smoke? Todd McShay is all over. Uh, he said he's that's all he's hearing is Mac okay. Jones with the Niners at three. Um, obviously, that's not every reporter saying that. I, man, I don't know. Um, I I don't see him living up to where he's going to be drafted mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily a knock i think he's going to be solid but like draft if you get drafted number three overall like in that organization too like i mean they're expecting steve young joe montana i mean that's not even where i don't remember where steve young was drafted 
Yeah, I have no what idea what Steve Young's draft. He's from, he played at BYU, right? Yeah. Um, but they, I mean, they're expecting greatness. You know what I mean? Like if you mm-hmm. draft someone three overall, five overall, you are expecting them to be a franchise changer. And it's hard to live up to those expectations, especially at the quarterback position. No, I, I agree with you on that one completely. I personally people think... people still don't even like Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Yeah, but see, right? the thing is, I feel like when they go back and look at all the stats and everything and think about how much that we've won in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, they'll change their mind. People just don't pay attention to that type of stuff. Like, people forget that, like, back, I guess, in, like, the earlier 2000s, probably, like, 2005, and I think it was 2015 and 16, we um, we made – I mean, we had the best record in the NFL both years. You know what I mean? We lost the 49ers. I mean, or in the East in the, the uh, NFC we did. I mean, we lost – to the 49ers in the NFC championship game. The other one, we lost to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in the first round. And I'm pretty sure they went on to the Super Bowl that year. You know, like this Falcons team has been competitive with Matt Ryan. We make the playoffs almost every single year. You know, at worst, we will lose seven, we go seven and nine. You know, like Matt Ryan's a is a winner. And that's what people don't realize. They just don't like him because he's not the flashy Lamar Jackson, you know, gonna put a spin move on you and take off for a 50 yard touchdown. Said it beautifully. Hey, gotta love, gotta love Matty Ice. Um, I'm trying to think. Do we have anything else to cover before we get? Oh yeah, we got one last topic we're gonna hit before we get out of here. It's kind of a quick podcast, so you guys are gonna dive into more NBA stuff next week when it gets close to the end of the regular season. Um, okay, so Fernando Tatis Jr. struck out last night, injured his shoulder. He's expected to miss substantial time. First off, Ben, how much time did you say again? He's officially supposed to miss and. Do you think this is going to have major effects on the Padres? So according to John Heyman, who's a baseball writer, not the most reliable source, but he is a well-known source in baseball and has been for a while. He said it's basically a shoulder injury. It's like a partial dislocation. Needless to say, he's expected to be out a while. I have also seen best case scenario, he's only out 10 days. So I, I think it's too early to overreact. Um, if he's out a while, let's just say to the all-star break um, or even a little after the all-star break, this team has enough talent. They've acquired enough talent that they should be able to get over the hump, even though they just lost their best player and superstar in the league, right? They have enough talent. So I don't think it, they shouldn't miss the playoffs because of this or anything like that. No, I, I agree with you completely on that. Baseball is such a long season. You know, for a fact, people are going to get injured. You have to have people step up and whatnot. Um, the Padres have plenty of guys. Trent Grisham has been hurt for a little while, but he'll come back as well, which should help them out a little bit. But I agree with you on this one, Ben. You know, it's baseball and football, it's a lot easier to replace one injury than it is in basketball. You know, like basketball, it's a lot more centric on one player. You know, like look at the Lakers, you lose LeBron, Anthony Davis, you're done for, you know, if you lose your two best players at fielding players in baseball, you still going to have a chance. Same thing in football, you know, like you lose a receiver and a linebacker, you're still going to have a chance, you know, obviously your team's not as good, but like you got to be built well enough that you can still win without these guys. For sure. Um, all right, guys. Well, we appreciate everyone who tuned into a podcast today. That's about all we got for y'all today. Um, ben, anything else you got to say before we get out of here? That's all I got, man. All right, Ben, appreciate you helping me out once again today. And we'll talk to all y'all again soon.